0: Welcome back to the Be There in 5 podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy. I am an entrepreneur, an author, a creative consultant. Honestly, every one of my jobs sounds like that a job somebody on The Bachelor has that makes you be like, oh, that guy doesn't have a job. You know, like a pants Well, and it's extra complicated. I've been meaning to clarify on this podcast if I haven't already. So this week is the first week in September. My Etsy shop is on vacation When you go to it, because I still have to figure out how to ship my items for free. Etsy changed their algorithm like July 31st to only favor shops in their SEO that offer free shipping. I sell a huge item that's like, you know, $10, $12 to ship. Unfortunately, I am working through a solution, another shipping provider. We've had so many issues that I just was like, I'm going to hit pause before holiday, get stuff together, find a solution, see if this can still work. And in the meantime, focus on the podcast and pitch some book ideas and whatnot, because as I have said before, like I love to be there and five the company and I will always, you know, run an aspect of the product angle. But what's just as if not more important to me are the creative projects kind of falling under the umbrella of that first being Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, which is a book I published and hopefully soon to come some other things that are in the works you know like becoming a resident expert in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints <laughs> i'm just kidding that was that was a real ride the past 3 weeks i got to say um i'm it actually kind of worked out that i took a vacation from the product side because that was like more feedback interaction need for clarification research than i ever intended to sign up for if you are new here the past month there was three different episodes about Mor- Mormon Mommy Blog Empires my obsession with the very wealthy, very immaculate presentation, well-behaved kids, super religious, no coffee, no wine, no perceived help with childcare. how these people run these like blogs and like what's their deal. And so there's three episodes if you want to go back and check them out. They're definitely my most popular episodes of all time. It, it, It was so much fun and I really enjoyed engaging with you guys, but also it like really stressed me out. There's so many like communities and groups and Forums relate like about these topics. And I don't know, I think I psyched myself out a bit in wanting to do it justice um, because I think it interests a lot of people. I didn't want to offend anybody, but I still wanted to maintain an element of like personality to it. It was a real journey. And I thank you for joining me. Um, and I especially thank you if you came back. I know my style isn't for everybody, but honestly, my core objective is to talk about things where I feel like there's a disproportionate level of interest relative to the coverage. There is about the topic, and I think that among, you know, the chatter of all of us who live, laugh, love, lurk on the internet, we love talking about these people, but they're not covered in any official capacity. And I'm far from official, but I thought it at least would be fun to, you know, record a cash five hours talking about, you know, what everyone tells you you should talk about to a large amount of people you don't want to piss off, which is religion. There's no shortage of information there. Like, I have a whole piece on, like, the finances that I didn't even get to that I, maybe I'll put on Patreon. But alas, not, not about me. Today we have such a treat. Truly the most requested guest. Uh, almost to the point where I was like, guys, I know you want Heather McMahon on the podcast. She's very busy. Can you give me some other ideas? Because I would be flooded with hundreds of responses saying she would be your ideal guest. And... I'm so excited that she actually agreed to come on the podcast. It's so unusual to catch somebody when they are truly in the midst of their own rise. And I think that when you're the person on the path, you can't see it as well as other people can. And I was trying to tell her without like blowing smoke, I was like, your life is about to change if it already hasn't. Like, this girl has star quality beyond. She's so beautiful. She's so nice. She's so funny. And she has presence. She has that gravitas that, that you know, some, some people might call it an X factor. I feel it's less X in terms of unidentifiable and more so that there are certain people that walk into a room and they have such a presence, such a pull. They, they, they have such a magnet that you can't help but feel drawn to them and just want to know everything about them. But at the same time, not feel discomfort or intimidation. By that presence, strangely, you feel like you've known them for years. And when I tell you I could have talked to her for hours, I truly could have talked to her for hours. It's one of those things where like I, there was, I didn't have enough breaths to exhale to get my words out because I had so much to say. And we just had a blast. It got a little philosophical. I, I didn't focus, you know, I don't, I didn't go into Britney 911 and Lindsay 911 and all those things because I just think, you know, it's kind of like when people only ask me about Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift, but... It's I don't feel like it's centric to my personality, my skill set, all of that. And whenever I hear people on podcasts, just be like, so Brittany 911 drives me nuts because I'm like, she's been a comedian and actress for a decade. There's so much more to talk to her about. But anyway, so I apologize if that's what you wanted to hear about. I try to like steer from things that, um, you know, the person being asked would might deem borderline cliche, even though I'm sure she would have graciously talked about it. But also, I kind of am just not that worried about Brittany. I'm like, she needs to be off stage. She needs to take her time. She's skinny as a needle. And, you know, I for that, I'm sure she's grateful. So, you know, Brittany, do your thing. And as far as Heather, she's actually, I'm talking on Tuesday, she's kicking off her tour in Huntsville, Alabama tonight, the farewell tour It literally sold out in like under 30 seconds, all dates. And when she, when we like nailed down a date for this, I flew to New York. And I have to shout out a couple places because it was just a day trip. Courtney and I took a 6 a.m. flight. Um, Glam to Go is a blowout place inside the Luminary, which is like a co-working space, like a WeWork or a a wing for women. That was beautiful. It was in like Flatiron District. I am so grateful to know about it because now I can go work from there when I'm there for weird periods of time and don't want to be in a hotel. But also they have Glam to Glow, which is a blowout space inside the co-working space and they were awesome And to Courtney and I last minute, so we could just roll out of bed and go. And also when I'm there, well, actually, when I'm in New York period, I really struggled for like where to record. I don't want to have people in my like tiny efficiency hotel room. And this time I was, I was only there for the day. And, um, I follow Mondrian Park Avenue on Instagram. You should too. They're at Mondrian Park Avenue, M-O-N-D-R-I-A-N. And, um, I connected with them about something else. And I, when I was, w- when Heather agreed to this, I was like, I, I need presentation here. You know, I don't want to waste her time. I-, I-, I need to have light bites. I need to have after spritzes. I need a beautiful air conditioned room. I need comfortable seating. And I reached out to them. I had a big guest asked if I could use a conference room and they were so awesome and agreed and hosted us and made spritzes and the whole thing. And like, I am so, so grateful. They are awesome. I will be staying there for the rest of time. <laughs> It's a beautiful hotel. It's actually only two years old. They used to be down in Soho, but now they're at um park in 31st and obsessed. Thank you so much to the Mondrian. Thank you, Glam to go for making this happen. Also, this episode is brought to you by Wink. It is a wine subscription service that I absolutely love. Because in my house we have a strict one-in-one-out policy with wine. I don't do cellar wines, I don't age wines. If it's here, I want to drink it. And I don't like, you know, the only time I ever get a large amount of wine is if I have a housewarming party and a year and change into my current lease, I don't know if my friends would be able to see past that it was indeed a ploy to stock my bar. But they send you four wines a month. You get to pick the number of whites and reds, but based on a proprietary six-question quiz that helps to gauge your palate, like if you like sweet or salty, if you, how you like your coffee. They have all sorts of questions that help to identify what you may or may not like property-wise as it relates to a wine's flavor profile, And they pick for you and they send you small batch, small producer wines that you may not have heard of otherwise that you can reorder if you want to, which is great because other clubs I've been in send you different bottles every month and you can't rebuy them because they're too small. And I I was like, and that's not the point. I had to turn down a sponsorship because I was like, I actually think this is stupid. Um, So rest assured, I actually really do love Wink. So you just go to trywink.com, W-I-N-C, Trywinc.com take the quiz. It's like six questions. They'll make recommendations. And then with code be there in five, number five, B E T H E R E I N number five. With that code at checkout, you'll get $22 off your first month. You can cancel anytime you, it's not like a weird roundabout, like, like home cooking subscription where you, it's literally harder to cancel and you have to jump through more hoops on a planet fitness. Like, no, it's very simple, very straightforward They're not trying to, uh, you know, take your money and run. They really are actually wine experts that are giving people great wines they haven't heard of and helping you kind of learn more about what you do and don't like. And they send you a great brochure that comes along with the wine. And honestly, couldn't speak more highly of it. And I I, I genuinely mean that. I really do like it. So friendly reminder, trywink.com. Use code BE THERE and 5 at checkout. It'll be in the episode notes. I'll talk about it on Instagram. And yeah. So thanks to Glam to Glow, Mondrian Park Avenue, and Wink Wine for making my dreams come true, for making this uh, episode happen. And thank you to Heather McMahon for, you know, giving her time, being so generous with her very few and far between minutes she has to herself anymore. And for you, you know, devout listeners, please do me a favor and thank her for coming on the show as well. Feel free to share the episode. Follow me on Instagram at five b-e-t-h-e-r-e-i-n-f-i-v-e that is the spelling of the word five not the number <laughs> i know it's confusing um and follow her at heather k mcmahon and i hope you enjoy this episode i forgot to tell you i played uh this not the zach attacks that was friends forever and didn't we almost have a chance fame from say by the bell this that this was the hot sundays Put your mind to it, go for it, get down and break a sweat. Because after, you know, a drunken perusing on Amazon of what I thought was gonna be, you know, my key to making adult, long lasting female friendships by wearing bright colored streetwear actually turned into the most hideous outfit I've ever seen. I posted it for you guys. A lot of you were like, Great Halloween customers, I was like, oh no, I bought this to wear seriously, but cool, cool. And it it reminded me of "Say by the Bell, and I've had that in my head all day. So that's a pretty deep reason for that song, but also that song's awesome and obviously is a big reason of why Jesse Spano took those caffeine pills that I would do anything to get my mitts on, because if I'm being quite honest, that her breakdown looked like a smidge fun. That manic behavior, if you can channel that into cleaning your room, calling some old friends, organizing your finances, making a good Chinese chicken salad, your options are endless. And I just think she mishandled it by letting herself spin out of control in her bedroom. Anyway, all of that was really important and relevant to the episode. (laughs) But anyway, as I always say, put your mind to it, go for it, get down and break a sweat. Bust down Tatiana. Here is Heather McMahon. Right. Heather McMahon. Hi. I am so excited you're here. Thanks for having me. Comedian, actress, Mm -hmm. host, podcast host of Absolutely Not. Yes. All around delightful human. Trying to be. I'd argue the number one rising, risen social media star (laughs) of 20... 17 to 2019
1: and growing it's wild you know that that people stand and I'm here for it um I am so grateful that you know I was able to use Instagram for good and not evil um I'm just I'm thrilled that people follow along and it really and truly it's just me exposing like my day-to-day life of like bitching and trying to figure out like what is life and (laughs) the fact that people can you know, relate to it. Everyone's like, this is so relatable because I don't know what life is either. So a hundred percent, the gift, the gift
0: is rising while you're trying to figure it out and not that trying to figure it out after you've already like been there.
1: Yes. Because people want to grow with you. That's a crazy thing. So when I like I did the Today show two weeks ago and they were like, we've never had this much engagement, I said, you have to realize people have been following me since I had, you know, three followers. Right. So everyone's invested. They're like, no, this is, our, so this is our girl. And we and and I'm so humbled that people like want me to win. It's different than when you just have a celebrity come out, like in a you know, a new movie and everyone's like, Who's that girl? People are like following along. They know when I have an audition, they know when I book something. So it's like a team effort. Cool. It, it
0: really is. And I think it's like an interesting for lack of a better word conundrum to be an inf- like a hybrid influencer comedian entertainer because you're kind of in between two worlds, right? Right. And traditional celebrities kind of have this built-in uh, division uh, yeah, of privacy they're entitled to. Right. But people feel very entitled to your life in a way.
1: It, it is a little weird. I sometimes forget that I share so much because like, you know, people approach me on the street, which is awesome. And if you're hearing this and you see me, please say hi. It makes my day. But it's funny. People like will come up to me and they're just like, hey girl, how's your mom? And I'm like, do I know them? Because sometimes I forget <laughs> yeah. that I don't know them. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wait, have we met? And they're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just feel like you're my best friend online. I'm so sorry. My name's Rachel. And you're like, nice to meet you, Rachel. Robin's great. So So it's, um, it's funny, like finding that, that fine line, but, um, listen, I, you know, I share a lot, but it's honestly because I feel comfortable doing it. And I'm sure there might get to a point where I'm just like, okay, you know, like I need a not share everything, but like I've been on my wellness journey because I, I don't know what's happening. I think I have an ovarian cyst that's about to burst. And st- the outpouring of people who are going through the same thing has been overwhelming where girls are like, Oh, I have PCOS or I have a thyroid thing or da da da, da. It's like kind of a cool community right. that when you're just open and honest about shit, everyone's like, yeah, I've been there. Here's my solution. You know, right. it's cool. It's, it's
0: like so cool. But it's also like unsolicited WebMD of terror. But I know
1: that going into <laughs> it. That's true. So I, I love to put up my medical issues because <laughs> I like to count how many times somebody's going to tell me I have mesothelioma or like cystic fibrosis. I'm like, I actually, my my toenail fell off because I stubbed it, but I'm so glad you think that I have like cystic fibrosis.
0: Well, it's like if you were a loved one have mesothelioma, you may yeah. be entitled
1: to financial compensation. Exactly, 100%. <laughs> it's like they've seen the commercial. One 100%. Time. Or it's That's like if you were ever had a vaginal mesh sling inserted in 1975, you are entitled to compensation. What is vaginal mesh? So apparently people were having, I don't know if everyone's just uteruses were falling out, uteri, uteri, (laughs) uteri, um, their ovaries were falling out, but that was a thing that they did, I think after women had hysterectomies, and I could be totally wrong, like back in the 80s. Mm. And so they basically put... Like just a mesh T-shirt, you know, like a mesh bodysuit that you'd wear to like a rave or a nightclub in your pussy. (laughs) Oh, okay. So it's Uh like go to Deb, go to rave, go to Hot Topic. Exactly. And then they put it in your body and then everybody's body rejected them. That's what I take from the commercials.
0: And uh, crush it in a class action lawsuit. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard you say mesothelioma on your Instagram stories, and I was like, that is the, like, token disease, I would say, in, like, Family Feud, if they were like, name a disease. But, like, I have no idea what it is.
1: I I think it is a disease, and someone please correct me if I'm wrong, that, like, you got, if you were, like, a coal miner, or if you went and worked and, like, you were, like, a construction worker and you were exposed to lead-based paint or asbestos. Mm, mm, It's, like, mm. something to do with, like, chemicals in your lungs, (laughs) So when you're It
0: seems uh, fitting for the yeah. two two gals out here in the mines on social media. One hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> no, it's funny you mention that because like I feel, you know, it is a weird thing when people know are approaching you and they know so much more about you than you know about them, and you're yeah. almost having to catch up. Right. Forgetting like all you know, but even you got here, I'm like, how is the acupuncturist? Right. Tell me everything, <laughs> right, like right, uh, you right. know. But like from what I've gathered. Uh, following you, you know, for the past year and change, we are both 1987 born Southern blonde gals who were in sororities, who are getting married in Italy, who met our spouses almost a decade ago in New York City.
1: This is crazy. It's kind of interesting. September. September what? 9th. So you're a Virgo. Yes. Great. My fiance's a Virgo. Is he? Yeah. Do you um, vibe off of the Virgo energy? I don't know. I just realized, at least in my partnership, Jeff is so grounded and organized. And he teaches me things about finance. And I'm not one of those women who's like, I'm stupid. I know. And I'm not calling women stupid. You know, like some people play into that ignorance of like, what's a checking account? But like, I just genuinely. I'm creative. I know what I'm good in. I stay right. in my lane. Jeff is so grounded and smart when it comes like, oh, he's like, Heather, I'm a gentle teacher. I'm going to explain to you how this works or how, why you have an LLC and why you do these things. Right. So we're a great partnership and I bring out the fun in him. I'm like, fuck it. I just, let's just go to brunch and like, you know, go see a show. Like, I just, I'm right. spontaneous and he keeps me organized.
0: Honestly, if, I am always convinced like all you need is like just to straight up enjoy each other's company. Yeah. I just like, like being around my spouse and like that,
1: I can't really, you know what I mean? It's not much more complicated than that. No, I know. I, he's just my buddy. Like we have a good time. We like each other. I see a lot of, and then not, you know, friends I'm calling out, but you know, you see a lot of people who got married and you're like, you guys don't even like each other. Mm. What are we doing here? I mean, Mm -hmm. Jeff drives me nuts Mm -hmm. and I got to sometimes, you know, be like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we're just like buds. You know?
0: That's key. And, like, I just, my last podcast episode, I did a deep dive into Mormon mommy bloggers who so I'm very obsessed with.
1: Which is wild. Wild. I know a little bit about that because I'm obsessed Wait. with Mormons. Oh, my God, me too. I'm, like, in a, in a what kind of way, you know? Right. Wait, so do you follow specific bloggers? No, but, you, I like, you know, the, is, okay, did you touch on the Mormon minimalism thing that they're doing? Like, you can tell the Mormon ones where they just, like, have very minimalist... Things mm-hmm. in their home.
0: There's like two like fields of thought. There's the Mormon minimalists, and then and then there's like, you know, this is not an accurate term, but the Mormon materialists. Yes. The super wealthy Utah based. Yes. Five kids before you're twenty-five. Uh-huh. Bod bounces back, gets in yeah. plastic surgery. You yeah. met your spouse when you're 18. And, you know, all all that comes with that. And it's a funny thing where like yeah, I met my spouse when I was like in my younger 20s. But like we right. we did our own thing and we grew in parallel. You can oh,
1: grow apart or in parallel, right? 100% that was the exact same experience I had. It was a very big struggle for me because being from the South, I mean, all my girlfriends are progressive and smart and got married later, but there was a a little bit of a stigma because we had been together. I mean, we just got engaged in January at like right before our eight year anniversary and people didn't realize they're like, well, I don't understand, especially after my dad passed, they didn't understand. Well, well, why aren't you getting engaged right now? I specifically told Jeff after my dad passed, I need to grieve getting like, like celebrating or like trying to plan a wedding right now is not joyful. It's a stressful, sad situation for me because Mm -hmm. I was having to deal with the grief of my father now that I'm we've turned a new stuff I mean grief is ongoing but now that we kind of you know we're back in the positive and things are looking up I was like I'm ready you know oh, but everybody totally. has an opinion they're like you should have gotten engaged after two years I'm like I was a baby and then when we met I, we Jeff and I were together two years in New York and I said I gotta go to LA like I gotta follow that dream and he's like I never want you to resent me so we were long distance you cannot go back from resentment. Yeah. That is, you can't, that's the biggest
0: thing. It's like, if you're hanging something over somebody's head that they prevented you from doing, you're done. Right. Right. I'm so with you people. We got engaged after maybe six, five, six years. And, um, it was like stressful yeah. Every everywhere I went, it was like when's he going to put a ring on it? And I was yeah. just like,
1: "I'm fine." Right. Relax. Also, we talk about it all the time. Like I and I call Jeff my husband now just cuz I'm like we're basically married. Yeah. And people get very confused like, "Wait, a minute. <laughs> this one girl sent me a message once. She must be a new follower. She's like, "I just don't understand. If you're married, how come there's no wedding photos up? Are you ashamed of your wedding?" Literally sent me, "Are you ashamed of your wedding?" I was like, "No, it hasn't happened, Claire." <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I just call in my husband because basically, uh, by common law, he, right. He's not going anywhere, <laughs> right? You know, yes. I'm on his. I'm on his life insurance policy, bitch. <laughs> That's better than a walking down the aisle. Honestly, my sister's still on mine oh good i I, it's, I I'm on his right, as you should be. Listen, <laughs> you should be on his. Your sister's on yours. Oh, I feel ya. I'm up on my sister's um uh French bulldog Bronson. I'm gonna put him Bronson's on Bronson's
0: pretty damn cute. yeah, I he's can't a beneficiary. at this point. I am who I am right. This is my identity. I struggle right. with that a bit.
1: I mean, people like in Jeff's family I struggle with the fact that I'm like a ball busting woman like i mm. that I have my own identity, right, which is. It's hard, right? Yeah. When I'm like, no, I'm I'm I am I am woman, hear me roar. This I'm a career <laughs> gal, you know. Do you
0: like? Because I look, I really downplay the podcast, Instagram, anything I do publicly to like family members that I don't really feel like I'll get it. Are you like just?
1: I don't get. You I don't, don't care a shit. Either they get it or they don't. Yeah, that's true. You know, true. this is me. I'm like, either you get it or you don't. And if you choose not to engage or like follow along, you know. That sucks for At you. Your
0: stage, you'll be honestly, you'll be left in the dust. Like I'd get on board
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I were them. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to change who I am because I came from a family that was so like just funny and outgoing, and they're mm-hmm. like, do it, like you're a McMahon, you can do anything. So when people, I love that, when some, you know, I'll, for the most, I, most part, ninety nine percent of people are on board and encouraging, but then sometimes yeah. you get that one percent of she's really wild and funny, and I'm like, yeah, and it brings me joy. Life is too short. Truly. I am. I am. I'm just an open book. Life is way too short. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to just get by. And if I can, I was put on this earth, I think by God to make people laugh, to bring people joy. Mm -hmm. That is my gift. Everybody has a gift. You got to figure out what it is. My gift is joy. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make people laugh, take them out of their day to, you know, think about something other than their problems. And that's what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely, and I fully believe if you don't do what God put you on this earth to do, you will be struck down. So it's really fear of God is why i, I why I do what I do.
0: The the. Being mindful of how people respond, but not ultimately caring what they think is the key part. Like you're not you know, bulldozing disrespectful, but you're still going to do it anyway. Right. There's a
1: balance. Well, yeah. And and, I mean, listen, I make fun of myself at the end of the day. So I'm not really like I'm, you know, people are like, you get away with saying a lot of things that people are thinking, but you say it in a very positive, upbeat, funny, joyful way. Mm -hmm. And it's very self-deprecating. So I really honestly, knock on wood, don't get a lot of hate because I'm making fun of myself. Like if you're going to kick me while I'm down, then you're the asshole. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what I was going to ask you. like, I don't know if it's a Southern woman
0: in you. I'm from Virginia. I went to Cotillion. They called it the War of Northern Aggression, like the whole oh, yeah. song and dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'm kind of like a bless your heart brand of bitchy. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not super direct, but like, I appreciate snark that's not mean spirited.
1: A hundred percent. Listen, I'm going to stand up for myself and be sassy and funny. Like, to me, if you've got a witty comeback, then we're going to vibe, you know? Right. But um, no, there's a hundred percent difference than just being like mean. You know, plain and simple. You can see a mean girl coming a mile away. And it's usually because they're insecure with themselves and can't handle a joke. So what was L.A. like? You know what? It's so funny. Like, even your body shifted when you said that. Because so many people, when I moved to L.A., they are like, Heather, you're such a New Yorker. Or you're like, you're such an East Coast girl. You're not going to put up with this shit. Here's the thing about L.A. Everyone in L.A. has crippling anxiety because the society in L.A. and the entire energy is like feast or famine, Right. I always say people on the East Coast, whether you're up north or down south, they'll take the shirt off their back and help you out and make you a prosciutto mozzarella sandwich, right, whether you're Italian or not. People in L.A. will stab you in the back and the throat at the same time if it means they get ahead. But... People are very open in L.A. with their neurosis, their issues. Like, you know, you meet somebody and she's like, hey, um, I'm Claire. I just took a Xanax, had two bottles of wine, and I see three therapists, and I have, like, crippling anxiety about driving on the 405. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm a dog psychic. But, like, do you want to go to lunch? And you're like, sure. You know, people in L.A. are just so open with their issues (laughs) that I find it very refreshing as a comedian. Because at least you know what you're getting into. But on the East Coast, like, especially in the South, everyone just buries everything so deep that it then comes to head at Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you get it. It's um,
0: and the older I get, and the more urban places I live in, I become more forthcoming, and then it doesn't land well. Right, right, Thanksgiving is what I found. Uh huh. I don't know. Like, I don't want to blow smoke, but truly, to what you said earlier, with like you not getting a lot of hate, it's very cool from my perspective to watch somebody who is like on their meteoric rise. And I know, you know, the difference is, I feel like. I, I don't want to call it, um, like skyrocketing because you've been at this for 10 years. Like yeah. you, you've, been, you've hustled. Yeah. And when the public's perception shifts to you being, you know, super popular, like overnight success, but I'm sure you're like, no, no. it's been a
1: grind and it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I have an- managers and agents and all that shit right now and I have a great team, but they're so funny because I still hustle so hard. And I'm very scrappy to like get meetings to get jobs. And literally one of my agents who I adore, she was like, Heather, that's our job now. You can take a little bit of a breath because we don't want you to get like swindled. You know, we don't want somebody to take advantage of you. But I, in my mind, I'm like, no, no, I just met this guy at a bodega and he, we made eye contact and he was putting out the vibe. I think he runs a production company. Let's pitch something to him. Like that's just how my brain works. Because when you're in this business, you have to be a Mm self-starter. You know, I moved to New York. In, when I graduated high or college, 2009, was doing comedy, was doing stand-up, sketch, improv, all that at UCB, and that was my road. Like I've had a clear vision of what I have wanted to do since I was 13. You know, and That's I never amazing. took no for an answer, but it is very interesting. Everyone's like, oh my God, like, th- you know, overnight and you're like, oh no. Like I still wake up, you know, we just sold out a tour, but I wake up with full night sweats. Like how am I going, I always want to make sure I'm doing the best at what I do. Because right. I've wanted this for so long and it is a very interesting like I get anxiety now and I never had that because you're like, mm-hmm. fuck, like, is this real? I've worked for this my whole life and now things are starting to click and it feels very out of body because I've always had to like fight for it and control it. And now that people are being receptive, you're like, you guys, are you sure you meant to invite me to this lunch? You know, mm-hmm. it's wild. It's, it's
0: a great paradox of
1: success. It's yeah, like- it's like imposter syndrome. You know, yeah. should you be there? You feel right. very much so like, I know I was hired and booked on this job, but do you guys know that you hired Heather McMahon? Because I think right. you meant to hire somebody else. Ed, you know. Ed
0: McMahon? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Is that the only other famous Ed McMahon I can think of? Yes, from Star Search. And he actually looked very much so like my grandfather, Jack McMahon. Really? So So, um, yeah, I always tell people like, I'm... Well, because nobody can pronounce my last name, so McMahon. I would be say, yeah, they're like McMahon because we spell it A H A N. Mm-hmm. So I say it's Ed McMahon, but A N instead of O N. They're like, okay, great, got it. It's a tricky thing because it's it's cool that you admit to being uh, having a bit of imposter
0: syndrome. Because the rudest question, but the most important one, is like, why are you so confident? Like when people ask you
1: that, it's like, should I not be? Yeah, and they slide in my DMs. A lot of young girls yeah. do that. They're like, I, you know, I'm dealing with confidence issues. How are you so confident? and honestly i don't know how to describe it at a very young age i made myself laugh and i just don't think i take i really don't internalize a lot of like feelings in the sense that like okay if you don't like me Not my problem. Right. The world will keep spinning. Right. And at the end of the day, my my parents very much so taught us though. They're like, you're a McMahon. You can do anything. Like, you know, I'm not the tiniest girl. I I had broad shoulders. Like I was growing up having to, like, you know, especially being in this industry, which is a male-dominated industry, you're just kind of like, whatever. Either you like me or you don't. I'm still gonna sleep well at night because I'm being honest and true and authentic to who I'm supposed to be. Right. You know? A hundred percent. And like if if you don't like, yeah, I got a good face. Whatever.
0: <laughs> I told you that earlier. you did. you were very kind. I was like, well, at you have the a risk face. of being aggressive. you're beautiful. It, well, thank you. It, it, there's two different types of beauty. There's um conventional everyday like cute girl nice yearbook sorority composite photo beauty. and then there's like structural beauty that works on camera. right. You have structural beauty that works oh, on God, camera. Thank you. I really <laughs>
1: appreciate that. You know, it was funny people. Uh, growing up, like I was the girl who when we I would go out with my girlfriends. I could be with one of, like, the most plain Jane mousiest babes, right? I would Mousy. mousy like a mousy switches, girl, yes. you know? <laughs> and I would never get hit on when we would go out, except by, like, the guy who had nothing to lose. You know, and those girls would get asked out all the time, and I spent many a Saturday night at home just kind of being like, what's going on? And I realized it's because I'm a lot to handle, probably. I'm a mm-hmm. lot of woman. Yeah. You know, I go in places, and I'm like, no, you're not cute. Why are you asking me for my number? Get out. Mm-hmm. Scram, you know? Scram. <laughs> so I realized, like, I'm just... I don't know. I'm a lot. I'm a lot of woman. You know,
0: one time my husband said, "Cause I got friend zoned literally my entire life until yeah. I met him." Oh yeah, same here. Um, he was like, "You know, you you use a lot of word play. Like, I, like I was very like into like quippy comebacks and things that were very friend zony. They weren't sexy, but they mm-hmm. were clever." Right. Which at 21 would insult me empirically. Right. Right. At you know 32 is the best compliment you can give me. Right. And I feel grateful that I didn't pursue being hot over my personality. A hundred percent.
1: And it's like, only like short little Jewish guys who will hit on me are like, you know, like cool offensive linemen, like black guys in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because they're like, you got confidence. You're doing your thing. But like white dudes just playing like your everyday frat daddy, they'd be like, Heather, come to the bar and chug beers with us. But they would not romantically ask me out because they were like, what? You got big titties <laughs> and you're cute. But like, <laughs> I couldn't marry you, you know? And you're like, thanks, Chad. Thank you so much, Chad. Yeah. I see a Chad from a mile away with a, a
0: beer spill stain on his pink polo uh-huh. with a croaky and a critter belt and like mm-hmm. some J crew, like Chubby's like short shorts and like a, a, a aggressive sweat for a pretty tepid environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you are going to hate me.
1: Right. Like I have yes, such, I'm going to tr- call you out on your shit. Yes. I have triggers from frat boys. A hundred percent. I would always get invited to like the frat formals, but it was like, was like one of my buddies, you know? Yeah. And and all yes. the girls in college, I was I remember being like, again overly confident. in College, I thought I was so cute. I had no eyebrows. I was like forty five pounds, like heavier. Like I just thought I was thriving, but in reality, right, like right. I, you know, I had like crunchy gel in my hair. It was like right. a moment, and it wasn't even like ninety one. Like I was in school from two thousand five, two thousand nine. Yeah, it was just like
0: that. The, the L A uh, gel from the CVS bottom row.
1: Yeah, for at one point, like there were I found a couple like date party photos, and I was like, I fully just let that shit air dry with some mousse and gel. What the fuck was no I thinking? No structure, no roots. No, no roots. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I never, you know, I had a couple boyfriends in in college, but I dated down. I didn't date anybody Same. who was worth my time because mm-hmm. I wanted somebody who's funny, who uh, could like be witty with me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and,
0: and it's and I like look back on those days a lot, and I like was a smidge sad and a smidge depressed, probably. And, oh, like, for sure. Felt like my friends got so much more attention than me, um, but. And if you don't mind me saying, I love what you say about your father, uh-huh. how he made you just feel like a smoke show. Like, yeah,
1: and- probably like a creepy way. Like I'm well, sure obviously you yeah, but not a therapist. My dad always was like, you look hot. You sh- drop dead gorgeous, Heather, drop dead gorgeous. And I, looking back, I'm probably like, oh, I don't know if that's like, you know, should talk to somebody about that. But yes, yeah, just built me up with confidence. That, but like, that's all
0: you can ask for. Like, right. I, I feel lucky that I felt weird or like an outcast at school or like boys didn't like me or whatever. Uh, But I, when I came home, I was a genius. When I came home, I was like so beautiful. And I'm like, I didn't carry the social bullshit with me that left with the people. I carried the home life that made me feel like I was literally the best thing that had ever happened. And like, that's why we raised in the same house. Is this parent
1: trap? Like, I feel like we had the very (laughs) similar upbringing. Yeah. I would come home and be like, I don't give a fuck what Lindsay has. She's dating some guy. Name like Sutton, you know what I mean? (laughs) And they're going to get married at like 23 and live in Mississippi. Uh And I was like, I'm good. I know exactly what I want to do.
0: Yeah. And I, and I always like want to remind people of that, especially because uh, people that have kids, I'm like, you can't prevent what's going to happen at school. Right. You can, you know, prevent how people feel like at, at home and build them up. And like the, only people I actually cared about thought I would do big things. And I feel like similar to you, that's probably like we, why we both have like a mic in front of our face. Yes. A hundred
1: percent. Cause like, yeah. why
0: am I like, I don't know. Like I've literally no reason to
1: have this other than like I, I, I elected to put like, give myself a podcast. I hear you 110%. And it's funny. I have young people who are like wanting to get into the industry and they always say, like, what's your advice? My first bit of advice is never get into this industry because <laughs> I know I have thick enough skin to handle it, yeah. but it's only because the way I was raised. Like there is nothing a producer, a director, a casting agent couldn't say to me that my own mother hasn't said to my face, but in a loving and also brutal way, you mm-hmm. know? Like when I want real advice, I go to my mom or my sister and they're gonna hundred percent. Spill the tea and give it to me straight, you know? Totally. But you have to be able to take the criticism. And people, I think, if you aren't raised, like, you know, I joke with Jeff. Like, Jeff, I'm like, you were not told. He was not, I'm not trying to. Okay, let me think how I want to phrase this. Like, I tell Jeff every day I'm proud of him. He never gets positive reinforcement. And so I'm always like, Jeff, I am proud of you. You have worked your ass off. You need to hear it. And I said, I promise when I have kids, I'm going to remind them, I am proud of you. I will not coddle them. You know, i love on them, But Uh I'll be like, I'm proud of you for doing the damn thing. Absolutely. And I always was just told that. My parents were like, fuck yeah, you're, you're, ma- you're ma- paving your own way. You got this. I'm really pointing aggressively at you right now. I'm sorry. But so do you see my head? I'm like, yes, yes, every, yes. Like we're, uh-huh. on beat. we're on uh-huh. the same beat. Yeah, we're really getting philosophical here. I love it. We've only had like half a Aperol spritz and we're just like talking heavy shit.
0: I um I have like a problem where this is also like why my energy isn't sexy because I'm like, tell me all your hopes, dreams, fears, and regrets. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Right and there with you. I, uh I just, I, I can't skim. No. I can't skim, and and I I mean, I have skimmable questions for you, but I, I don't know, I just I enjoy you so much. I have
1: the face where I could be sitting at an airport bar and somebody will sit down to me and be like, I need to tell you something. Um, I killed my cousin Ronnie and the body's buried in, in like Lake Eau Claire or whatever, I keep saying Claire. <laughs> but then you're like, sorry, and they're like, okay, got to catch my flight and just take off. And you're like, did you just confess a murder to me? Right. Like, people tell me everything. So I, it's funny when I get interviewed on podcasts because I truly enjoy doing the interviewing. Like, I'm like... Okay, tell me everything. Tell me, like, what are your deepest fears? You know? It's good you have a podcast because a lot of people suck at having a podcast because mm-hmm. they're not curious about other people. Right. Oh, I will. I went on it, someone's podcast who will remain nameless. It was the most self indulgent, aggressive podcast I've ever been on in my life. Yeah. Um, everybody who I've mentioned it to is like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Literally, I couldn't get in a word in Edgewise. And I was like, why did you bring me on a podcast if you didn't want to even ask me what my name is?
0: I, um, I wholeheartedly agree. Every time I do this, I learn something different about y- your presentation to the public is one thing. And like being good at a job, I don't care what kind of host you are. Right. You don't have that baseline curiosity in other people that aren't <laughs> you. You're a shitty host. And your hosts
1: are like a shitty person. Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's
0: some like people even on television that are just phoning it in. Like, right. big time. And I and it's interesting. because And I'm they're like, making a fat check doing it. And they're making a fat check. Right. And I just wish, well, here's my question. Is Does a certain level of fame make you detached to a point where you're not trying? Or are you just fundamentally a disinterested person in other people? And you probably your narcissism is like what? Got you to the top.
1: That's an interesting question. I always said I knew I would be successful in this business because I genuinely, like, as a comedian, my job is to go out into the world, observe things, absorb it, bring it back, pick it apart, and, like, write jokes about it, right? yeah. So you have to be observant. You have to be curious about other people, things, you know, the world. Yeah. So, but I always said I think I will be okay in this business because at the end of the day, I'm authentic. You know, mm. I'll hustle, but I'm going to i'm gonna be an open book and be honest about shit Mm -hmm. it may go the other way may totally fuck me over but truly being too nice Mm -hmm. you know i can get put i can be walked over a a, a couple times because i genuinely think like oh everyone has the same honest interest as i do and then you realize everyone's a monster (laughs) that's upsetting though like
0: that's the hard part for me i think is like i really trust most people like i i I, I don't want to live a life where i don't assume the best out of most right but then when like, it's, you get the worst like back to back, I'm like, I don't know how to navigate this. Like, I'm
1: not built for this. I 100% agree with you. After my dad passed, I, I, it became very interesting because I became very protective of my family. Yeah. And so now I 100% see people for what they're worth. Hmm. And I had friends who kind of fell by the wayside because they became so self-absorbed when it was an issue that I was dealing with. You know, like I had a friend Mm. at my dad's funeral come up to one of my other girlfriends and say, I feel like Heather's mad at me. She's not really talking to me today. And I was like, I'm at my fucking dad's funeral. I'm having to say hi to 600 other people. It has nothing to do with you. Like where I realized like that's self-loathing on their part. I can't, I can't fix that. You know what I mean? If you're that out of tune that you think that I like when people are like, are you mad at me? Like if I'm mad at you, I'm going to say, Kate, that was a bitchy thing to say. You pissed me off. Right. Like I'm, I'm straightforward right. because on the other end of that, I'm also like life is too short to harbor resentment. Like I just want to move on and, and communicate.
0: Totally. And like, people
1: don't know how to do that. I'm
0: very disheartened for like, cause I, I guess I, I just don't want to be a person that's like bitter and
1: doesn't trust people. Well, it's the lowest of low feeling to you. Yeah, You're like, go fuck yourself. I just yeah. gave you the benefit of the doubt and you right. still are being an asshole. I have somebody in my life who's been in my life for a while who just constantly is so disrespectful and constantly is so mean to me. In a, I've, I'm, I just basically threw my hands up and said, "Fuck it, you're never going to be nice. There's nothing I can do to win you over. So therefore, I'm just gonna be me and I'm not gonna let it affect me." But it took me a really long time because I could talk to this marble tabletop and somehow get it to talk back, hmm. you know, because I genuinely yeah. am curious about people. So I really shut down when other people don't ask questions back. You're like, so that's it. This is, this is, uh, this is the conversation. I think that's the guardrail people need to use for online dating. Mm-hmm. Uh Ooh, it, smart. When
0: people are like back and forth on Bumble. Cause like, I don't know about you. We both met our um, spouses before, online dating was popular. And like, I think I, I, I like, I have days where I'm like, I would thrive. And I have days where I'm like, I would be miserable because uh-huh. it's energy draining, but part I'm pretty good on text. Right. So I think I'd over, um, under deliver is what I'm saying. Right, 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 right. But people struggle <laughs> with the texting, the back and forth part. And when I'm watching these, I'm like, they've never asked you a question. Right. Why Why are you like sherpaing this entire mm-hmm. venture? They, they, they need to like it, that th- those are the things that I feel blessed to know in my thirties that I wouldn't have known when I was 22 if I was on Tinder or whatever.
1: Right. I mean, you know, I do this matchmaking thing on my Instagram where I like to set up all these single, you know, I have all these single guy friends and I try and hook them up with women. Now I feel bad. Women message me and they're like, can you put me on your Instagram? And I'm like 90% of my followers are women. So I, I don't have the audience. Right. You know, there's not a bunch of single men, straight men who are following me. So yeah, I try, I try to, to if people ask me that. I'd be like, I'm, busy. Right. Well, <laughs> I, I just it. say the other way around. I'm like, I'd rather do a profile on the men and then let, you know, 600 mm. women message them.
0: You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Oh, but
1: these girls who are young, they're like in their twenties. Like, could you hook me up? And I'm like, you're 21. You're good. You're good. Call me when you're 35 and you got one bad ovary. Like, like, no, you have plenty of time. <laughs> okay. You just need to get out of there. But you know, what we were talking about earlier about like not really like finding love in college. I felt so insecure about it a lot of the times. I was like, I don't get it. I'm always the first one invited to every party. I'm the most fun. I know I'm, I'm confident in my skin. But then I realized, you know, guys are they're simple creatures. Mm-hmm. And when you are confident in who you are, you got to make sure that you find a match who's equally as confident. Totally. Who, who, who isn't... Threatened it, by it.
0: it. The frat guys at my college were very much like the guys you'd be playing beer pong with, and they're like, is there beer in that cup? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like the ball goes out of the cup. And I'm just like... Whoa. whoa, relax. Like, yeah, that it's the type of aggression that like I uh, fundamentally will push back on. Right. And I'm not like taken with. And I feel like it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not sexy when you're 22 to be like, there's beer in this cup. Like, yeah, go <laughs> back off, yourself. Brad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. But
0: actually, I did want to talk to you about that piece because um, people love. Uh, I we, we kind of talked about this earlier, whether you were in one or not, like love to reminisce about sororities. And I feel like a full decade out, I can see it. Um, I loved it.
1: I I loved it.
0: It cracks me up looking back on it to be in a society that that I'm paying, but I get fined if I don't attend Uh everything that's mandatory and or the $12 t-shirts weekly that I had to buy for every like derby days and and what have you.
1: Those fucking practices in a parking lot outside of like the softball field and half the time I was wasted. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know what? You showed up. I showed up. And that's what makes you like to approach such a
0: social function with such precision, (laughs) diligence and commitment is like something so funny to me. Because at the time, that's all you those are the only people holding you accountable. A
1: hundred percent. I used to get really pissed off when I moved to L.A. and even in New York. You know, when people don't have a sense of what sorty, they have an idea of what they think, what Hollywood mm-hmm. has said sorority life is like. They're like, oh, you were hazed. They called you fat. Everyone was mean. I'm like, no, 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 no. And you circled your body parts. Yeah, like I the wish nonsense. they would have circled my body parts. and be like, Heather, hit the gym. I didn't darken the doors of our student, you know, the Turner right. Center is what we called it at Ole Miss, I, once. I went on a power walk one day, and I think it was to the bar. Like, I did not understand what health and wellness was so um no I had a great time we did a lot of philanthropy work we partied it was like so much fun yeah we had a couple weirdos and you know you had one girl who just wanted to get married and that's fine She's the lavaliered she's she good exactly and <laughs> guess what she got married and has four kids and is a right. lovely functioning human being right but for the most part I loved being in a sorority it was so much fucking fun did you hold a council position I did so they wouldn't let me be president which is funny because I wasn't from Mississippi so I was I know That's funny so that's an I'm interesting nuance. real deep Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, We were the founding chapter. I really wanted to be president. Um, I was not allowed to do that. So I was pledge class president and then bid day chair. So I planned pledged bid class day. class president, bid day chair. Yeah, new member educators what they call it. Oh, me. yeah. So you were like the, the pledge mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took care of all the little chickens. And then I got in a fight with this bitch who was like my co-captain. Cause she really wanted to play by the rules, and I was like, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna teach these women about life." Like I truly am, <laughs> like a seventy-five-year-old like scared straight drill sergeant, where I'm like, "Hey, hey, what are you nineteen? I'm gonna teach you about buck the world. Up. Yeah, buck up, kid. I'm gonna t- you're gonna drink a, a a hot Cabernet Sauvignon and it's gonna grow some hair on your chest."
0: Well, did you like? Did you guys, I, I don't know how I recruit, I I, can't, I mean, Virginia is a weird thing where like some people, it's it's very Southern, right but people from the South do not think Virginia is the South. Grew up, <laughs> I grew up in a town called Short Pump. It's named after a Wait, handle.
1: I was just in Short Pump. Shut up. Yeah, because when Jeff and I moved up to New York, we stopped and our friends live in Short Pump. And I kept asking the Uber driver, I was like, why is this name Short Pump? Beautiful Literally,
0: Whole Foods. A guy in like late 19th century broke a handle off a pump.
1: Town just, name. Okay, well short pump's adorable. You know, it's it's like a... it's 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 a bougie suburb, it's right? It's
0: a bougie suburb. Yeah. And it, with a hilarious name. Yeah. And um, you know, it's next to Goochland, which is a much worse name. Right? <laughs> uh so I feel blessed for short uh-huh. pump.
1: But um did you go to like the CPK? Like what'd you do there? No, we hit the Whole Foods up, we oh, went yeah, to yeah. this other little well, not the filling station. It was a cute little outdoor spot. Yeah, great cocktails, great food. Oh, I love uh, we, that. Went you went to Sports short Bar. Pub. Yeah, that's we were in Short so Pump. Funny. Mm-hmm. It's pretty random.
0: That I. That, yeah, that's where I grew up, and um, Virginia Virginia Tech's a major football school. I don't know. I never know how to classify it because we still had like a pretty traditional um sorority system, and you know we didn't have like the hazing and all the stuff like people want and think you have. But like my favorite thing ever was the um
1: the bumping uh, in recruitment. Did you guys call it bumping? Yes, where you would, um, like, tap your sorority sister off the shoulder, and then you'd slide mm-hmm. in and have a conversation with the recruiter. Honestly... There, what is it? The, not the recruiter, the, the recruit? It's like the...
0: Yeah, the, the PNM. or like oh, yeah. P- potential new, new member. member. Mm-hmm, yes. mm-hmm. The... I am obsessed with bumping. Um, It's like this game of like, it's like, it's very elegant. It's like, Mm -hmm. you, you, you graze past to catch enough of the conversation to act like you haven't been there the whole time. But then you like slip in. So the person thinks you're just naturally like, it's like a, it's like a gr- dressage. It's like this gorgeous game of
1: conversational Olympics. And mine would always be like, did I hear somebody talk about baby back ribs? You love ribs. <laughs> I love ribs. And they're like Heather, that's not that's not when you Eating pump. Good in the yeah. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who said chilies? Yes. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And when I look back on how once I became an officer and I saw how competitive it was to get in the sorority, I to this day do not know how I got in because I sat front row for almost every house, and I think it's because. I was just an anomaly from Atlanta. Like mm. I was from Atlanta, and even going to Ole Miss, they were like, "She's from Atlanta. We don't know if we're going to let her in." Like you're like Mary big. Tyler. You're like like a, like city yes. gal. Yes, I might as well have been from like really? Uzbekistan. It was. Are you wild. from like Marietta or no like... no no no? I'm from Atlanta, Atlanta, like proper? proper Oh, Okay. And then my parents moved out to like Johns Creek, which is like a like a short pump, like mm-hmm. a bougie suburb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how,
0: but that's what I love about like um, kind of location based communities or or microcosms if you will like people have prejudgments about things that like just don't exist in like the regular world i moved to new york and people are like do you have teeth
1: like it's just different everybody had an idea of what the sound is but i just found it so wild having to defend where i grew up when i'm like ah i grew up way more neighbors than you did Right. Lindsay, you know? <laughs> How was Bel Air? Was that fun? You did, know? did somebody name Lindsay and somebody named Claire? Uh, they can fuck me get... over. No, I actually have two great friends who <laughs> are Lindsay and Claire. I'm just trying to pick the most like white girl names ever.
0: You have a great, um, I feel like, uh, who is your token? Uh, Karen. D- disgr- Karen. 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 Yeah. She calls them blouses and slacks.
1: Uh, yeah, she's like, just wear a little cami. And I'm like, hey, Karen, I can't wear a cami because I have double D breasts and a wide back. So... Just throw it on without a bra. just wear a little cami. And you're like, shut up, Karen. She owns a pure bar. You
0: abbreviate store names like 100%. in a needless Did manner. you get that at
1: Nordstrom? Nord's? And you're like, yeah. Nordstrom? No, I don't go to Nordstrom because they don't carry my size. Or
0: pluralizes like Panera's. Yes. Karen, Um, that's like a big uh, hallmark of your uh, ability to toe the line between snark and mean spirit. Because I feel like Karen is where you take out a lot of your aggression on mm. kind of like the the rude older white female like judgmental female on Instagram that's probably in your like pr-
1: in you know unfiltered inbox right Oh, listen, I was getting messages when Jeff and I weren't engaged. A One woman sent me a message, you're in your 30s, you really should consider having children now. And when I look back on it, she probably had like a hard time conceiving or was going through yeah. her own shit, but I would get unsolicited advice from Karens all fucking day long. Or like questions like, I just don't understand why you're not engaged yet. And you're like, because my dad just fucking died. Karen." you know? Well, it's like, yeah, I've, the engaged thing too is like,
0: even like friends, you know, when you first start dating somebody, it's like, Oh, think of all the things that could be. And then it like takes a like harsh turn to like of all the things it should be and like right. telling you what to do. And I feel lucky to have been on Instagram after I at least got through that part of my life because that would have made it worse for me because I was Mm -hmm. aware of it. I I wanted to do my own thing, like I wanted to get engaged. Like I'm not a monster. Like I wanted it to happen.
1: (laughs) Well, then I would click on Karen's profile and then I'd see she was like a Disney adult and she was the kind of person who would like force her husband to go to like Epcot (laughs) together. And then it would all just make sense. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone is going to always throw in their two cents. I've had friendships that have kind of not. I haven't been able to keep up with because I'm the kind of person because I'm such an open book people say whatever the fuck they want to say to me Ooh. and then when I reciprocate with that in my like hey I'm trying to give you a little bit of life advice they get very sensitive about it and I'm like it doesn't work that way you can't just be open and honest and tell me everything you want yeah. but then it's, I, I can't reciprocate that and my honesty comes from love and concern it doesn't come from I'm trying to be a judgmental bitch right. but like I don't know you and you don't know me right that's the, That that's
0: goes back to the best friend of it right. all. Well, I bet you're kind of in that weird in-between where you have the kind of fame that people who follow assume you're, you, you know, you're not even running your own shit, right? Like
1: I think well, I people, run everything. but you run everything. And ever, some people say, you don't respond. I'm like, I probably get 3000 DMs a day. I haven't even accepted probably 80% of the people because I try and bring two new people into my inbox every day to try and respond to. So I feel bad when when people are like, I've been DMing you for a year. I'm like, I you just got to keep doing it and I'll pull over two new new people that I'll accept because it, we're very engaged. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to chit chat. And I love, and I People know if you've been messaging me for years, it'll pop up at the top, but I really try and talk to everyone, but it's not easy. I I'll, don't have an intern. I need an intern. You need, uh,
0: but like, yeah, have you put that on ZipRecruiter? Like, I feel like people would really well, apply to were talking about that. this
1: earlier, it's like, I need somebody who can also like kind of look at like invoices and financial statements and not like be a Tatiana. I yeah mean. about it, you know?
0: A hundred percent. Like I, like every time you bring somebody in, I think of Selena. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how right. do you know the person that's working for you knows your deepest darkest secrets isn't harboring a lifelong resentment and ultimately going to kill you? One hundred percent. And that's a rational thought I
1: have constantly. But like, no, so just I've, don't pick anybody short.
0: That's yes. what it is. Because
1: you know, <laughs> Selena's killer. She was a little munchkin. How tall I, are you? I'm like five nine, five ten. You know, it's a good height. It's, it's a height, height I
0: hated for a long time that I'm so happy with now. Yeah.
1: It, you know, I I've, I've been this tall since I was twelve. Uh, right there with you. Yeah. Did you take Cotillion? So I didn't. My sister did, but I did not take cotillion. Because I, again, I had a gross spurt. So I was three times as big as the boys. And my dad was like, I'm just not going to put you through. <laughs> I did Miss Manners, though. So I did Miss Manners, very old Southern thing. And it was actually at Perimeter Mall in Atlanta. It was in the ru- behind the rug department in Macy's, which Hot. when I look back, <laughs> very weird. We had to do, like, we wore the lace gloves. We learned how to eat artichokes. Mm-hmm. I just remember we learned how to eat steamed artichokes mm-hmm. at, like, the age of seven. So I've I've been an artichoke fiend Because that was one of the things I remember it made my very southern grandmother Very happy Um, We walked with the books on her head Like all of the traditional southern things That you had to do
0: There was an episode of Southern Charm Two weeks ago Miss Patricia uh, served artichokes And everybody was like What do I do with this plant And I was like
1: you scrape it against your teeth and carefully you dip it in the hollandaise or the exactly. aioli and then you
0: you pull the meat off and discard the leaf. Exactly. And and I in putting on gloves when you're 12 is a little bit weird. Yeah. I thought we were always told it was because the boys hands were sweaty. Right. Oh. Is that not
1: true? No, it probably is. I mean, my hands get sweaty, for goodness sakes.
0: Well, right. So we had to wear these white gloves and dance, and I was 5'9", and everybody else was, you know, 5'2", and all of my dresses were inadvertently T-length, because they don't make juniors, you know, Mm -hmm. equipped for my inseam, and um, it's like... (laughs) Equipped
1: for my (laughs) inseam. That needs to be just the name of your memoir. Truly. (laughs) Nothing is equipped for my inseam. Never has been, never will be. I've just, I'm grateful a cropped pant is like more... Oh, I feel you. And I have thin ankles, so I like to show them off. Like, I need a real... And nothing is ever thin enough at my ankle. Like, skinny skinnies are always too tight up top, but then they're just like a bell bottom at the bottom. Is it tough when a riding boot is in fashion? It is because I like to show off the ankle. Like, a sock boot for me really came in clutch (laughs) because I need it real tight around the ankle.
0: Well, and... But, like, a sock boot also really shows
1: the contrast. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. in the right width, it really highlights a thin ankle well. And my foot is like a block of cheese. Like, imagine, like, a nice, you know, Colby Jack just block. Mm. Like, it's just a wide... a a nice reserve Mm gouda. It's a fat foot with just a thin ankle. Does it have an arch? It does have an arch.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a blessing. Really? Yeah. Do people have 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 low arches? I have the flattest feet in town. I Mm -hmm. have actually a very thin ankle, too, but I have a thick wrist.
1: Oh, you do have a thick wrist. Yeah, isn't that... Yeah, I struggle with this. Look, you have a thin waist, so you know what? Your life is easy.
0: Um, that's a more recent <laughs> thing. I, it, When you're tall, people don't notice as much. Right. I can, like, swing a tight, like, 15,
1: and, and it's like... Uh, I'm the heaviest I've been in my life period since college because I have all these, like, hormone issues that we're trying to figure out. But legit, people are always like, I don't think you look, and I'm like, I'm 40 pounds heavier than I was two years ago but people just are like oh she looks a little thick in photos it's funny like in 40 per, pounds There's a lot like, of weight I'm on not most even, people i'm
0: like i'm not blowing you were stunning like oh, well, thank you i would not even it's it's funny because i think people think of themselves in contrast of like a certain
1: point in time
0: but like right. just know that like somebody meeting you for the first time would be like blown away and i think it's oh, important for people you. to know
1: you know i it's hard when that time hop pops up on like yes. facebook or instagram and you're like the thinnest I'd ever been was right after my dad died because for the first time I ever lost my appetite. Like when I get the flu, I'll still eat a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. I never lose my appetite. But when you're watching someone die in the hospital, you're like, I oh my God. pass on lunch. Oh, my God. So yeah. I got really thin. So my mom laughed. She's like, she, she was like, Heather, you know when you looked really good? Right. Like the <laughs> two weeks after dad died, you'd never look better. I was like, I know. But then you know what? That third week hit, got my appetite back. Yeah. Well, Robin's small boned, tiny, and so is my tiny, sister. Yeah. So I just went to this cool new doctor here in New York because I'm trying to like you know move all my doctors from Atlanta up to New York, and it was um, this place called Forward. I'm not paid by them. I just want to like share the information. Yeah. Hopefully, it works out. Um, it was weird. It was like the most futuristic thing where you, like w- they call it a baseline. So your first um, uh, appointment's like a baseline. And they do a lot of genetic stuff. It's like blood work. Yeah. Blood work, everything. Okay. But they were like, okay, we're going to look at your baseline health and we're going to get some goals, like what you want to do. But here's what I have learned so much since my dad passed. Like I had the exact same figure as my dad. Like my mm-hmm. legs never gain or lose an ounce of fat. They are muscular. They are strong, they're great legs, but I'm an apple. My dad and I even had the same back fat role. Right. And he mm-hmm. was like a 300 pound man. <laughs> It would just, we, it's genetically the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I am learning so much that I have to cut myself some slack. My sister and my mom have completely separate bodies, but they're both a size two petite. I just have to realize so much of it is genetics. And that's why I'm self-confident. I'm like, okay, at the end of the day, even I'm never going to be a size two, but I need to be the best version of myself that I can be. Because, you know, when people are like, I just quit eating for like a month and I lost weight. I quit eating for a month. My hormone spikes, my blood sugar spikes, and then I put on 30. Right. So everything that everybody else does, does the opposite for me. So I just have to find the healthy balance of, sorry, that was a long winded story to say like, nine times out of 10, you can't control what's going on. Well, no, and I think that's,
0: why it's important for you to share that journey because there's so much bullshit health advice that's happening. That's like actually quite uh dangerous and not yeah. helpful. Well, my husband, it, he's in like business development at, at like a cannabis company. Oh, I'm here for it. 110%. And we talk about this all the time about CBD. Like there's a lot of misinformation I swear by about it. its effects. Yeah. And you know, there, I was on a, a show a couple days ago on Sirius and like the article we were talking about is how it was snake oil, and I was like, no no, 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 no. Like people aren't doing their research. There, there, there has to be traces of THC for it to be legitimate. Like
1: you, I swear by CBD. It, it, it's it's so helpful and THC. So I take. I ta- ta- what's the situation in New York? Uh, I think it's decriminalized. I have both a CBD pen and a um a weed pen, and I smoke it. And a cop comes up to me and go, really, sir. Yeah, Officer Mark. Really? His
0: you gonna throw this cutie patootie Mark. behind
1: bars? And then he's like, "You're a part of the problem, white privilege." And then I end up on the five o'clock news. So that's how that goes.
0: It, no, totally. Like we talk about this a lot in terms of like uh, just convention. How conventional wisdom is promoted across social media in terms of like weed making you lazy. You're not playing like Mortal Kombat all day.
1: No, I your anxiety is reduced. I smoke sativa. I don't like indica because you know indica into couch. Mm-hmm. I smoke sativa. I'll smoke weed. Like last night I smoked weed. I watched Fleabag because I wasn't feeling good. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to hit my weed bed. Fleabag. Fleabag's so S- great. Season two? I just started season two. So good. Oh, God bless. So I went to Fleabag. I ordered like a whole new wardrobe online. I cleaned the kitchen. You know, I get a little pep in my step. Oh, totally. Because, you know, we're drinking a glass of wine now because it's Tuesday and why not. But most days I, I just can't hit the sauce like I used to. I'd rather smoke a little weed and go out and have a cool conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Like
0: I, I, think that's like the misunderstanding. It's just like do your freaking research. Like I, I, I'm just very tired of like the the celery juice of it all, the fit tea of it all. Kind of the um, situation where I feel like people are uh, broadcasting a thing that's like their secret sauce for what's really Tracy Anderson
1: okay. four or five days a week. Let's break that down. Let's break that fucking down right now. Yeah. Great. If you're in a Tracy Anderson that's fantastic. I follow her and troll from the c- secrecy of my own home. Right. right? I watch these videos where she's literally doing the most and everyone's like, "I swear by it, I swear by it." But the women who swear by it are already fucking thin. They're tiny people. They're tiny people. So if you're doing that kind of muscular structural work where you're just lifting your legs 600 times, you're going to have the same results. Mm. My body is not going to react to that. Mm-mm. If I'm not lifting a little bit of heavier weights, now I don't do CrossFit, but I know what my body reacts to. So when I see really heavy set girls, girls trying to do tracy anderson and they're jumping up and down on their knees i'm like well no wonder your tits hurt and your knees ache that's not what you should be doing <laughs> tracy's full of fucking shit i just said it i'm gonna say it right now tracy's full of fuck hold on i want to try and pull up something on tracy anderson. you know who Anderson's? i
0: don't trust in this world Yeah. pocket girls
1: that just like it's almost you know when
0: when the breast is is a peck it's right. like this type of fit that is trying to be relatable that like it's not your average woman is just not gonna have the time, bandwidth, or money to throw at ClassPass, right? right. <laughs> to achieve, and I and I think it's problematic. And like I also like I don't know. I feel like my uh, weight is like very much a function of my mental health, which I try to be honest about. Like I go oh, through low I'm-
1: periods. My stress is through the roof, and so I'm, I can't take the weight off.
0: Well, it yeah. was interesting.
1: When I started having all these hormone problems, I went in like adrenal fatigue and all this stuff, and they're still trying to figure it out. They think maybe I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is because I get ovarian cyst now, all this shit. Can't take off the weight, blah, 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 bloated through the roof. So my doctor was like, you need to quit doing cardio. Now, really? Yeah. So I'm not allowed to do cardio. She's like, you can go for a walk. You need to do low impact stuff. I love to work out. But working out does not energize me the way it energizes people. I do it for clarity of mind and because I feel good. But if I work out in the morning, I feel like I have the flu the rest of the day. Because apparently there's something with my body, like my oxygen, I I get depleted from exercise. I don't get like, usually your oxygen cells get bigger and you get energized. Or you feel like you get that rush of adrenaline. I get the opposite. About an hour after I work out, I feel like I got the flu and I need to lay down and take a nap.
0: That's so interesting. I'm
1: loving to learn all these scientific things on my body. They're like, well, right now, if you're trying to lose weight, cardio is not necessarily the best thing because your body's under an immense and absorbent amount of stress. So you need to be doing like weight training yoga pilates and go on walks like anything Mm -hmm. that i do that's high intensity to put stress on my body is going to not work for me i could go to barry's and do double floor barry's boot camp but i can't get on the treadmill they're like don't run running's gonna just spike your cortisol and you're gonna lose your mind really Mm -hmm.
0: i had a doctor recently tell me they were worried about my cortisol levels because it takes me a long time to wake up in the morning oh mine too
1: have you done the saliva test i have to do that tomorrow You spit into this thing and they test your cortisol all throughout the day. So what your cortisol is supposed to be the highest in the morning because it spikes you out of bed. Right. I'm the same way. You gotta drag me out of bed. And then at eleven thirty I get a huge spike of energy and I can't fall asleep till two. My god, I slept in my clothes. Yeah. I uh-huh. will ride tonight till yeah. it's okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the end of tomorrow. Listen, I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, I went to a full Western doctor today. He looked at my blood work and he was like, your blood work actually looks great. You're low. You have high inflammation and low magnesium. But I was like, why do I feel like I literally can't get out of bed? I'm not depressed, but I physically feel exhausted. Did, that, what, did you feel that way prior to you kind of taking off? I mean, I have anxiety for the first time I've ever had. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I used to give people who had anxiety fucking shit. I was like, oh, what are you worried about, Karen? Oh, <laughs> you stressed that your life's going well? <laughs> but then shit started happening, and I was like, I had a panic attack. for the. Fr- I went on the Today Show. It's what, three weeks oh, ago? Oh, I know. I got off, got, went to lunch, celebrating having a glass of champagne with my mom and my godmother. Had a full-blown panic attack full blown at ABC kitchen. I was like, I can't catch my breath. And I realized it was like my adrenaline. Like most people, their adrenaline goes up, something exciting. And then they like nice crescendo down and they calm down. Yeah. Mine went fucking through the roof and off the rails. I was going
0: to ask you about that experience because we, the people love Hoda (laughs) Kotb. She's the best, but I didn't, I haven't
1: met her, but she's the best. But you were her fill in. I was in her dressing room. I mean, that's a weird, that's gotta be pretty surreal experience. It was wild. Again, that's when I had a major imposter syndrome moment. I go, do they know that they asked me to be on the today show? It was so fun. Jenna is so cool. It was amazing. I loved every second of it. You did incredibly. I watched it obviously. Um, I wanted to throw up through the first two minutes. And then once I got the first joke out, I was like, okay, I can do this. Do you str- I struggle with like when I like even,
0: you know, on on lower scales like get things that I want to be doing the dread at times I'm like, am I cut out for this? But I yeah. get there and I've never felt better in my life. And I'm just like on, on, on. But
1: that's just, that's that just is performance what it anxiety. Is. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, listen, you're, you're a naturally outgoing person and performer. We're all, we're going to be our worst critic. Like yeah. when I do a show, I'm going afterwards and I want every single note when everyone's like, Nope, the show is great. I'm like, no, no, no. But how did that last joke hit? Da, da, da. If you did not care about that, you wouldn't be good at your job. So, Actually, I just saw a quote from Joan Rivers. Hold on, I want to pull it up, because she's my end-all, be-all.
0: She really, I mean...
1: Hold on, I just saved this in my archive. I watched that documentary to fall asleep regularly. Oh, uh, yeah. it's If you haven't seen a piece of work by um, Joan Rivers, it's the best. Okay, hold on. I want to pull up this thing on Instagram if I get any service. So basically, I've, I've been dealing with all these good things are happening, but I can't really enjoy it right now because I'm still panicked about what's going to stick and what's not. Because again, I as a hustler, yeah. you're just like, I got to make things happen. I get no service. Anyways, it basically said like, this moment that you have right now, you have to enjoy it. You, you're in it right now, enjoy it. Like, Jeff was like, you're not enjoying this right now. I'm like, because I'm so panicked about what the next thing is. And I have to just enjoy it. That was, like, one of my biggest, like, points I wrote
0: down is I, I so rarely get the chance to talk to people that are in real time amidst their own rise. And, like, I think it's the most stressful time anybody can live through that you always romanticize in retrospect.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's so interesting to me to meet somebody who's like, you're intellectually aware of it, you're emotionally detached from it because you're so fearful of meeting That's your own expectations. 100%. And it's it's a very difficult place to be and I think it's, um, the only people that get there are perhaps the ones that are the most, the, uh, that are self-aware enough right. to like actually give a shit to meet their own potential. Right. Because I think when you already think you're awesome, like, what are you working toward? <laughs> right, right, right. So, like, right. it's kind of a blessing in a weird way. You know,
1: I got prank phone called for the first time in a long time the other day, and somebody pranked me. Like, uh, somebody sleep a like you, No, literally. It was like a no <laughs> caller ID, but it had come in like uh, four or five times in a row, and I was wondering if it was like security fraud. You know, sometimes you get a banana. Oh, man totally, X. totally. So I answered it, and this girl just went, Heather McMahon, you're so fucking thirsty, and hung up. And I was literally walking into a TV show pitch. I'm pitching a show right now. And I went, it was hurtful. And I took a minute, my writing partner looked at me, and she was like, did somebody just fucking prank phone call you <laughs> at 8 AM on a Wednesday? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, fuck them, bitch. You're going in a, like, do a show. Like, at the end of the day, someone will always have something to say. They're like, you changed. I'm like, no, I haven't changed. I still <laughs> split my pants getting into an Uber a month ago. Like, it's, it's me. But I should be able to have success. A hundred percent. And that's the dumbest Gen Z prank call I've ever heard. I know. And I love a prank. If you it's prank like, phone call me, you better literally be like, um, this is your pharmacy and, uh, you know, your I'm herpes. Not a metat- yeah. I'm not a gynecologist. Yeah. Uh, we, we just got called in six prescriptions for herpes. Like I want something where I can play along with it and be like, Oh really? Uh, who's my doctor? You know what I mean? Like that's what I want. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. don't let it be a service don't let it be an automatic recording i want someone to call me like um we are calling from the (laughs) university of cornell and we would like for you to be a keynote speaker um you know let me get into it and be like oh really what am i speaking on you know social media you'll be speaking to three thousand students. students when you're here next wednesday so like i just like like, how much money (laughs) i want a full like a to b conversation if you send me a recording fuck you you're a pussy that's how i feel
0: you um, you know Jackie Schimmel, right? I love Jackie Schimmel. I don't know her personally, but I love her podcast. And she did that to James Kennedy. Right,
1: right, right about like a
0: LACMA and uh, it's like the, I, I've never laughed so hard and he was like full on ready to go I mean he's like I like I am Alexander Petrovsky mm-hmm, light installation mm-hmm. sex and the city season seven like yeah. this is all happening and that is a prank call yes um I have to ask you a quick rapid fire 90s 2000s great let's do it's it it's 315 are you good yeah um okay I am obsessed with like um mall culture of like late 90s, early 2000s. I love it. Did you hang out at like suburban malls with your friends?
1: Of course I did, but I never shoplifted. That was the thing. Remember when everybody went through the phase of like yeah. they would shoplift at Abercrombie? I'm such a baby back bitch. I would legit go home and be like, mom, Kimberly, she, she stole a scarf. And my mom was right. like, well, we all know Kimberly's a whore, so don't hang out with her. Getting in, getting in um, authoritative
0: trouble is, is not I on my radar. I would
1: somebody before I could steal something from a store.
0: I would be so hot from head to toe, so hot, so red, so Irish, so like you know, token like Uh you know those like cute boys with the low cheeks with Mm -hmm. the like light light redness. Like that's how I get when I'm lying, cheating, or stealing, and it's just it doesn't work. But like I I did a thing on my podcast where people called in. They told me their most inappropriate Abercrombie American Eagle Air Pastel shirt. (laughs) It was the funniest thing. I was like crying laughing. People were like I I literally I did so on my mother because she wouldn't let me buy a shirt that said Camp Spread Eagle. Or like my grandma bought me a shirt that said Hustler 69.
1: I had one that said Meet the Twins <laughs> and it was fr- it was red. It looked like a lifeguard t-shirt and it was from Abercrombie <laughs> yes. and cuz I had I got big tits and and like yeah. ninth grade they came in. And so I remember I'd wear that and like it showed a little bit of belly button. When I, like, oh, God, I wish. You know what pisses me off? I was so mean to myself in high school being like, you're so heavy. But in reality, I was so thin. Like, I had a great body. Why did I not give myself more? I played sports. Yeah. Like, I played soccer. Was Was that your sport of choice? Um, Well, I played golf. And I played soccer. But, you know, when you get into high school and you realize that all the soccer girls are actually going to, like, try and play for a scholarship, like, go to college. Mm -hmm. That was, like, the dividing factor. I did cheerleading, uh, golf, and soccer. And then I just, I was like, soccer's not fun anymore because I'm too tall to run, you know. The soccer girls are short and zippy. They are They're
0: scrappy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's hard when you get into college. It's like, oh, I'm not doing like eight hours of activity a day. Like, oh, there's a Chick-fil-A on campus. Like, I'm not running things. suicides
1: in a gym right, anymore right. just <laughs> for my intramural, like presidential so, fitness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it, I know it, 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 it was Ms. I'm, I'm like obsessed with like thinking about that time. And the uh, other thing I talk about a lot on the podcast is like America. I feel like there's a s- socioeconomic factor about American girl dolls.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you have any? I had Molly. What made you choose Molly? Molly was, wasn't she like right after the Depression? No. She, she was World War II. World She had, War she II. had a victory garden. Yeah. Um, I was Molly. My sister was Samantha, much more sophisticated, so very chic. Victorian. No, I was I was like the everyday all-American girl. Mm. You know, I loved the glasses. I loved her plaid outfit and the braids. I was just, I was a cute little sister. I'm shocked you
0: didn't have Kirsten. That's why I asked. I, I, I was uh, not blonde. I'm not naturally blonde.
1: You're not. Mm,
0: you're, dark, you're, with my
1: eyebrows. Dark. Very you have dark. good brows. Well, I'm looking in the mirror, yeah, very dark you s- brows. You you have blonde energy in a good way because I'm. Blonde. Oh, for sure. My mom said never trust anybody who ever wants me to go back to brunette. We talked about that today. Yeah, We're like there's always going to be a friend in life who tells you you should. You have- should go dark, and you go. Mm, you know what? No. Yeah, you look like Mila Kunis. Uh huh. Like, yeah. No, I won't. I'll actually just blend into the wall.
0: That's the problem. You, I give all the credit in the world to brunettes because their face can carry their hair color.
1: Oh, my sister's a hot brunette, and she got like an ombre highlights, and I said, bitch, you got to go back dark. Like, dark is her thing, and she is stunning. And when you ask most guys, what do you want? They never. They, they'll say blonde, but they're usually like, I like a brunette.
0: Oh, and my if my husband had his way, he'd have a tiny toothy brunette. Yeah, of course. Big smile, Just caramel balayage, lots of teeth. Exactly, yep. true, 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 Bachelor contestant. Um, what was your aim screen name? Surf naked three six four. Okay, that
1: was literally an Abercrombie shirt. Was it? Dead, dead serious. So I went to surf camp when I was thirteen, and I went through high school. So I thought I was like a surfer girl. I lived in Atlanta, Georgia. So I, I when I when Blue Crush the movie came out, I very much so felt to pull <laughs> towards the water, and I'm a Pisces, so You're I a regular Kate Bosworth. <laughs> actually, I am. Who I'm really honestly, I know I do Brittany 911 on my Instagram. I need a Kate Bosworth 911. Her Instagram's What's she alarming. To? She just, she just put up a video the other day that was like, how to do your makeup if you lose your makeup bag, like abroad. Okay, first of all, it's Kate Bosworth. She has enough money to like, she was in Paris or something. She just showed how she used like a lipstick as a blush. I'm like, you have enough money to go down to a pharmacy in Paris and spend $30 to buy some new blush and concealer, Kate Bosworth. You also have mismatched colored eyes, so you're fucking gorgeous. Get out of here.
0: One of my platforms, in addition to promoting the guava fruit, is people that... Say they use the same cosmetic for their lips, their cheeks, they their don't. eyes. They don't. They don't. They don't. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's rude. It's like rosebud salve.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
0: you know, you're hot when you can use rosebud, rosebud salve solve. Yeah. All on your entire face. Um, did you have a favorite scent at Bath and Body Works?
1: Mm, I'm always more of a vanilla gal, but that real fake vanilla. But I did love sun-ripened raspberry. <laughs> Remember sun-ripened raspberry? It was good. It I literally, good. uh, I, I a couple episodes ago I did like a
0: whole deep dive into like bath and old school Bath and Body Works. It comes Melon. You, like you want to like talk a, about it's that? A, it's like a crack, it's like an old, it's like a cracker barrel yes. with like a lot more teenage
1: theft. Yes, 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 yes.
0: And how I'd like my I wouldn't get enough, like you know, a lot of people's parents handed their kids like 50s. I'd have like a small amount of allowance money, but you can't leave them all without anything, right. <laughs> Right, 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 So it's like you get like a polished rock from the natural wonders uh-huh. or you dig through the Bath and Body Works hand sanitizers and I'd get the cucumber melon. But if times were
1: tough, I always said I got a sun ripened raspberry when they discontinued sun ripened raspberry. <laughs> I was honestly so upset. And do you remember what was it? Linen like cotton and linen. Yeah. Um, no, it was cotton. Mm-hmm. Something cotton.
0: Um, it was like fresh linen or like co- it, it, like clothesline linen, you know, like Yankee candle has the one uh-huh. that they put in your car that smells like you're walking past of high rise uh-huh. and the laundry shoots like yes. pumping out in your yes. nostrils. That's what they started doing. And that's what got popular and fruit went out the window. That's right. I love I, to this
1: day. Sunrise. Oh, and there was Country Apple. Country Apple I is loved respectable. Country Apple.
0: Country Apple is respectable. Mm-hmm. I love that you remember that. I figured you would. My
1: mom still gets candles at Bath and Body Works. Just so you know, they basically turn into an entire candle operation. Oh, winter, the best.
0: On the note, I mean, uh-huh. like a fine wine.
1: Yeah. I am transported. And Robin can go to his like stores and buy like the like two hundred dollar candles, and yeah. she still goes in with a coupon and buys the like six like. Um, you know, uh, raspberry lemonades for oh, summertime. Yeah.
0: I would love for Robin to do an Instagram live uh-huh. of her top Bath and Body Works fall winter picks because I'll I feel like that's it. where they thrive. Like, you know, the leaves scent, the winter scent, the, you know, the warm fern, vanilla sugar, vinegar. all of that. Oh, the
1: warm vanilla sugar
0: is so good. The WPS. Yeah. All. Um, okay, I, I wrote a book about influencers that I will give you. Um, do you have a social media pet peeve?
1: Um... I have a lot in this sense, because when people call me an influencer, I'm like, I'm not. I'm a comedian who just likes to talk about lifestyle stuff, You're too. You're a person who has influence. I have influence, yes. But it, to me, watching the typical influencer, like the photos and everything, like now that I, I am friends with enough influencers where they show me their hacks, like when you look at the photos and the girl like has her foot arched and she's like standing on her tippy toes, I'm like... What? You're not, nobody stands that way. Or like foot on bathroom counter or like finger and mouth. Yeah. Like absolutely fucking not. not. Those are my absolutely (laughs) nots. Uh huh. Like I look at the photos and I'm like, you are, did you know that there's this new app where people are stretching their legs? it's called like the stretch app and i didn't even know okay so i don't photoshop my photos i'll maybe put on a little filter to like have some smoother skin but it will be like a filter that you can actually use in in instagram right right. i don't know how to use facetune i don't know how to use any of that shit apparently there's a fucking stretch app where people are making themselves look longer i have long legs that's the only thing i have long legs and natural big lips give me the credit where credit's due now people are faking that
0: now people are gonna accuse you yeah, uh, I, I, I have to I'll show you something on my phone when we're done. I did a side by side because um, there is an influencer that I'm like, everybody's always telling me they don't look how they look in photos. OK, and I'm like, OK, they do a lot of video. Right. So I want to give them, you know, again, benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I just I want to believe everybody's doing their best. Um, I was alerted to a Korean app that uh, will <laughs>
1: we'll
0: minimize your waist, right. lengthen your legs reduce your complexion to a point where when you do a side by side it is truly like you can turn yourself into like a full on you know Giselle in no time and it's stupid though because I don't want to disappoint people in person I'd
1: I'd rather over deliver well and that's why I'm always like on Instagram with the makeup on like I mean I'll put on a little puppy dog filter if I have like full acne but I at the end of the day everyone knows I look rough um okay uh
0: lastly and lastly lastly all these like my notes are so dumb I'm like Ask Heather, can she take me to Max's sometime? <laughs> I absolutely
1: can. <laughs> Max says it's 134 West Broadway in Tribeca, one of the best Italian restaurants in uh, New York. Uh, do
0: you, oh, okay, I do an intro and outro song. Could you pick an outro song for me?
1: Oh, an outro song. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm really feeling a feisty vibe today. Are you cool with me, like, picking something uh, of like course. Wild? Is it, like, give me that knot, like, my neck, my back? Uh, well, Oh, I love a ne- my neck, my back, <laughs> but you know what? Um, I'm really feeling more, like, ooh, you know what I want? Like Bombs Over Baghdad. Outcasts. Like that I, is that was pep rally music in like ninth grade. You know, Bombs Over yes. Baghdad. I want that. Like mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. like one of those songs where like you like build up and you just like shake. Like, exactly. And then they they throw somebody up in a basket toss and I was always at the receiving <laughs> end of that basket <laughs> toss. Yeah, that, it's just like a really good high school moment for me.
0: I support that wholeheartedly. You know, Heather, you were like, honestly, I know you're so busy. You have a lot going on. I... I'm excited to talk to you because, and I hope you feel things tangibly moving. I assume you do. I do. Things are like really happening, and I feel honored to even catch you in this phase. You're so sweet. Because I wanted to that you asked me to come I on. I only Thank you. see like incredible things coming, and it's well deserved. And I know you've worked so hard. And I'm, I know it's like weird to say because like I don't know you that well, but like I'm very proud of you. And I think you're so funny and so incredible. And I can't wait to see you do like Thank amazing you. things. Thank you. That means
1: the world. And I love your podcast. And I appreciate you having me on. And listen, you know, as a comedian, you're only as good like if, as long as people are engaged and they're still loving it. I'm I'm a person of the people. I want to give the people what they want it's really not about me it's about like let's have a laugh and make life a little bit easier because we're living in wild hard times and we are just trying to figure it out so i mean let me be the guinea pig and explore those situations and then tell people about it really you beat joe rogan like a woman needed to freaking beat joe rogan like i was like
0: slow clapping in my apartment like (laughs) honestly in this world like podcasting is not easy right and like you are crushing it. Can you tell before we get, yeah. can you tell me about the Absolutely Not Podcast? Yeah, so
1: the Absolutely Not Podcast is a safe space to bitch and have an, an adult conversation about things that are going on in our life. We have an Absolutely Not line where you can call in and sh- uh, share an Absolutely Not or an Absolutely Yes. It's just, you know, I like to go out in the world and observe things and then just kind of break them down. So you could, it could be anything. It could be a family member you're, that's driving you crazy. Something that you saw at the grocery store, you were on an airplane and somebody did something crazy. Or you can talk about something positive. I just wanted it to be a funny space for us to re- have a real A to B genuine conversation. It's, it's such
0: a joy as are you. And thank you so much for spending your time Thanks with us for, for spritzing rosé, spritzing rosé, oh some God. pickle chips. It was great. Okay. You're the Love best. you. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I had the best time talking to her. I hope it was fun to listen to. She was awesome. So open. So made me feel so comfortable. I'm nervous around literally everybody. I felt like her best friend in the moment. You know, I've said before, I kind of don't want to meet Taylor Swift because it's hard to have a meaningful interaction with somebody you look up to. And then you're like in your head, you're like, oh, we're close, we're tight, we're best friends. And then it's like hard to walk away realizing like, oh, you know, they, have a, they maybe have closer friends than this person they talk to in passing. Um, it's, it's how I felt about Heather. Not that I regretted meeting her. It was amazing. But, you know, as a person that buys windsuits because they see groups of gal pals wearing them, thinking that, I don't know, somehow that'll lead me to more meaningful adult friendships. I was, you know, I was sad to leave New York and to let, let, the, let our budding friendship go as it's hard to maintain uh, friends when you're not in close proximity. But I have high hopes that Heather and I will reconnect again because I just loved her. And I hope you did, too. Um, I, you know, I won't ramble on as I usually do. I'll go ahead and close on out. But friendly reminder to follow me at Be There in Five on Instagram, patreon.com slash Be There in Five is where you get all the bonus episodes i posted a really fun one with my sister-in-law who's never recorded with me before this past weekend we talked about going through kelly's bumble profile our days wearing a half inch inseam of volleyball shorts we talk about tolerable kids programming it's it's a it's a great time and uh don't forget to go to try w-i-n-c dot com slash be there in five number five um so you can get 22 dollars off your first month of four bottles of wine that you will love and then we can drink together and yeah other than that by twinkle twinkle social media star we talk to social media star these are the people i love to talk about i love to chat with to get to know better and beyond that the ones that i really enjoy i love to share further with the world as much as i can because i think this digital world we're in has so much power and so much limitless presence that is not going anywhere and if you can use it to be an arbiter of joy and laughter you deserve all the credit in the world and come back next week we will have grace atwood for an under the influencer episode she's so honest she's awesome she's another influencer i adore and i think is doing great things with her platform and i can't wait for you guys to hear that episode and i'm also working on doing a sorority deep dive where i read the hilarious sometimes heartbreaking but just bottom line entertaining stories you guys submitted to me about your time in a sorority I think this is just such a fun thing to reminisce about and even if you weren't in one it's entertaining and you maybe will feel more justified in your decision but for a lot of us looking back on these times when we were just like fined and like had to just wear like different $12 t-shirts every week for some different fraternity philanthropy where we didn't do any philanthropy we just like drank beer and played weird like lawn games it just took a weird time to be alive and you take it so seriously despite it being a completely arbitrary form of law and i'm just obsessed with it and i don't know when that'll come out but i'm working on it It'll probably just kind of be like a side fun episode with just me and yeah lots of fun stuff to look forward to please email me at podcast at be there in if you have any feedback questions if you have a sorority story sub- subject line sisterhood helps me keep the topics organized. And if you ever want to be on a Kill Lila, Kate Lila, it doesn't roll off the tongue, an episode where I pretend to be my idol, my radio idol Delilah and answer listener questions, you can always call into the hotline 312-379-9676 to leave a voicemail for me to answer on an episode when I do a bonus episodes some weeks. 312-379-9676. Also in the episode notes, as is trywink.com, code be there in five, as is patreon.com slash be there in five, as is mine and Heather's Instagram. God love ya can't wait till next week and until then as always let me know your thoughts and i will let you know mine i'll be there in 5 i swear one, two, one, two, three. Yeah, national, underground pounds, when I the ground like a, a back can't stop a train Who dumb, don't come i'll be there but when I leave there be a name. man telling us in the silk soup, trying not to hit the neck.